All right, so this morning, we are continuing on our series titled, Salvation is Forever. Everybody say, Salvation is Forever. Last week, Sunday, we saw how that some people profess that they are saved, but they don't possess it. We saw an example in the Bible called Judas. Judas professed that he was saved, but truly, he didn't possess salvation. Somebody in your corner can be saying, you know, there are some people, right? They said, you know, I remember one time, I was talking to some young ladies then, who were in school. I asked them, are you all born again? And all of them said, yes, they are born again. I said, so how do you know you are born again? No one said that I was born into a Christian home. So they profess salvation, but they don't possess it. Just because your father is a bishop doesn't make you born again. Can you say amen? Just because you go to church every day, Monday to Friday, Monday to Sunday, doesn't make you saved. <laughs> if you have not really accepted the Lord Jesus and it become Lord and Savior of your life, you are salvation is not yours until you have accepted what Christ has done. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. So this morning, we're tied to that message is called gift and reward. Everybody say gift and reward. Now, when you study the Bible, you realize that there are many conditional Bible passages which suggest that if you don't fulfill the conditions, you will lose your salvation. I mean, we're going to go through that this morning. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So notice very carefully, Jesus is basically saying, if you are not pure in heart, you cannot see God. Are you following? But this scripture is not about salvation. We're going to look at what this scripture is actually about. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. Hebrews 12 14. The Bible says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without no one will see the Lord. That's what the Bible says. If you don't pursue peace with men and you are not holy, it says you will not see the Lord. Glory to God. Now, you see, when you don't understand the gospel, you will think that this is about salvation. But it's not about salvation. We're going to see what it's about today. Let's look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. I'm bringing out all the scriptures that they use to counterfeit salvation, how the salvation is, is, is temporal. You can lose it. No, you can never lose salvation. Because salvation is a gift. Everybody says salvation is a gift. Just imagine if I buy my wife a very nice perfume. Listen very carefully. I buy a gift. And then, after I bought her the gift, I now put beside the pillow the invoice. The perfume. That mean it means that I didn't really buy a gift, and guess what? I may likely be the one to use the perfume for myself. Hallelujah! I said, Hallelujah. Why is my mic season? That's not the reason. <laughs> All right, read one to go. Uh huh. Uh huh. So Jesus is saying that if you don't overcome, you will not see with his father on the throne. Are you following this very carefully? Now look at Matthew 6.15. Matthew 6.15. Read one to go. Uh-huh. What will happen? <laughs> so God is saying, if, you're, if you don't forgive your neighbors, your friend, that, that friend that offended you, that person that cheated you, if you don't forgive them, what will happen? He said, Heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. Now, this is not consistent with the gospel. Are you following? But Jesus, but this is actually so. Something really happened between Matthew and the cross. Remember, Jesus preached the law. Listen very carefully. Jesus lived under the Old Testament. New Testament does not begin in Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. New Testament begins on the cross. The Bible says that your father's will does not get into activation until he is dead. Are you following what I'm telling you? So the new covenant did not begin until Jesus died. 
The Bible says that the weed, the, the testament of a man cannot be activated until the testator is dead. So the New Testament does not begin from Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. So most of the New Testament, you, got, you have to, the Bible says, rightly divide the word of truth. Because the word is called Old Testament and the word is called New Testament. Or let me put it in a better way. Old Covenant and New Covenant. Everybody say Old Covenant. Now look at Matthew 18, verse 22 to 25, uh, to 35. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, I, I, I do not say to you, up to, you know, one time the disciples said, Master, how many times should we forgive people their offense? And somebody said, just seven times. Jesus says, no, I do not say seven times, but what? 70 times seven. What is that? 490 times. That means it's until somebody offends you 490 times per day. In a day. Then you can say, I will not forgive. So Jesus said, you don't have any reason not to forgive anybody of their sins. Next verse. Look at that. He says, therefore, look at this very carefully. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus introduced something that is very interesting. He calls it the kingdom of heaven. Not salvation. The kingdom of heaven. is like a certain king who wanted to settle the account with his servants. Uh-huh. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one who brought one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. Now, talent here is not talking about the gift that you were born with, like singing, dancing. Talent here is a unit of measure. So, they, what is called one talent of gold, one talent of silver. So, this king gave them money. Everybody say money. money. So, he's not talking about um, someone say God gave me ten 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 thousand talents. No, he's talking about ten thousand, like ten thousand dollars, ten thousand pounds. Are you getting the point? Next verse twenty five. But he who was not able to pay, his master commanded him that he should be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. Look at that. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, I will pay you all. Then the master, then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He had laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So this guy who was just forgiving of his debt, somebody was owing him 10 naira. He went to go and catch the guy by the neck. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow, oh, next, 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 next. He says, but his, but his fellow servant fell down at the feet saying, have patience with me, I will pay you all. Next verse. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So this guy went to arrest the guy and threw him in prison. He was the guy who was just forgiving $10,000. Somebody's owing him $10. He, had to, he put the guy in prison. So when, his, so when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told the master all that he has done. So they went to report the case to the master. Then the master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgive you of all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that he was owed to him. Next verse. So my heavenly father, read, want to go now? Want to go? Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> How many of you are still holding people in your hearts? Are you still here? Some of you are, you are pretending now, hypocrites now. You are lying now. You are still holding. Some of you are still holding. All right. Now, let's look at Matthew 25, verse 14. Matthew 25, 14. Okay. So, it's basically almost a similar story. I'm not going to read this one again. We'll just move on to Matthew 7, 13. I'm trying to show you the Old Testament that Jesus preached. Matthew 27. Sorry, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Matthew 7. Now, read one to go. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Who will go in it? Uh-huh. Next. Uh-huh. That leads to where? To life. And there are few who what? Who find it. So now listen very carefully. These scriptures do not cancel out the clear teaching of irreversible justification by faith in the epistles in in Romans and Galatians. Now, tell your neighbor, we must rightly divide the word of truth. Tell your neighbor, there's old covenant and there's new covenant. Now let's start with priesthood. Exodus 19, 5 to 6. Let's look at Old Testament and New Testament. Now look at this very carefully. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commands, then you will be, you will be a special treasure to me above all people. Right? For all the earth is mine. So, how will they become God's special people? How? How? Go back. I want you to see the Bible. Read one to go. Uh huh. And what? What will be the reward? Special treasure. Are you seeing that? Now, verse 6. Verse 6. It says, And you shall be, read it. It says, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So now God told them, if you are going to be within my kingdom, you've got to obey all my voice. Are you listening? And obey all my teachings. Now let's look at New Testament. First Peter 2, 9. Let's, let's look at New Covenant. Everybody really want to go. Uh-huh. 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 The same promise. Continue. The praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So notice, notice, in the new covenant, you being a chosen nation, a royal priesthood is a gift of God. In the old covenant, you have to walk to get it. In the new, once you come into Christ, the Bible says, you are, not you are going to be, you are, say I am, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. What does that mean? It, that means you are a king priest. Is the kingdom of priests. Are you following? He says what? Say I'm a holy nation. I say I'm God's special one. Called out of darkness. Into his marvelous light. Let's look at another part. Sons of God. Luke 6.35. We're comparing old and new. Read one to go. Love your enemies. Uh-huh. 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 Hoping nothing in return. Uh-huh. We ought to be great. And you will be what? Sons of the Most High. Uh huh. Unthankful and envy. Let's look at New Testament. Galatians 3 26. Read one to go. <laughs> so if you look at Old Testament, Old Testament says if you are going to be a son of God, you have to what? Forgive all those that offend you. You have to not pay evil for evil. Are you listening very carefully? But in the New, the Bible declares that you all are sons of God. See, I'm a son of God. How? How? True faith in Jesus Christ. Say true faith in Jesus Christ. I'm a son of God. Now let's look at forgiveness. Let's compare old covenant and new covenant. Matthew 6, 15. Read one to go. Come on. Only like two or three of you are reading. Let's read one to go. Come on, let's go. Men, their trespasses, uh-huh. Forgive your trespasses. Come on, ask your neighbor, what did you come to church to come and do this morning? I mean, you came to learn the word. So let's learn the word. Are you ready? Now let's look at Luke chapter 4, verse 32. Luke 4, 32. Or is it the next, the next verse, actually? Just give me the next one. Ephesians 4, 32. Now read one to go. And be kind one to another. Uh-huh. 
tender-hearted. Or what happened? Forgiving one another. Why? Even as what God in Christ what forgave you. Hold on. There's a change. In the old covenant, the Bible says God is only going to forgive you your sins when you forgive others. Are you following? In the new, God says forgive because all your sins are already forgiven. Do you see the difference now? Why? Because on the cross, Christ took all your sins, died for your sins, was punished for your sins. So tell anybody, there's a difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. Big difference. Big difference. So in the old covenant, until you forgive your, 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 your friend, your brother, your sister, their sins, God's not going to forgive you your sins. But in the new, God has already forgiven your sins. And because he has forgiven you, God says forgive others. That's the reason why there is no excuse not to forgive anyone their sins. Not to forgive anyone their wrongs. Why? Because God in Christ already forgave you all your sins. Can you say hallelujah? Say, Father, thank you for forgiving me all my sins. Say, as you have forgiven me, I will forgive all those who offend me. Can you shout amen? Now, there are conditional passages relating to our reward in the next life. Not the gift of salvation. Now, let's listen very carefully. When we come into the new kingdom of Christ, there are rewards that God is going to give to us. Most of these scriptures are about rewards, not about the free gift of salvation. Everybody says salvation is a free gift. Say it again. Say salvation is a free gift. Look at John 3, 16. Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but what? Have what? Everlasting life. Lift your right hand and say, I have everlasting life. Say, I have eternal life. Say, now. Say, now. Not tomorrow. Say, now. I have eternal life. Somebody say, when we get to heaven, we'll have eternal life. The Bible says, he who believes in the son of God has has not is going to have so it's not a promise it's a statement of fact look at romans 6 23 romans 6 23 for the wages of sin is death but what but the reward of god is eternal life what do you see there hey what did you see there the reward or the gift the gift of god is what eternal life what in christ jesus our lord hallelujah now look at john 10 verse 28 Read, want to go. I like this one. Want to go, read with power. Come on. Uh-huh. They shall never perish. Uh-huh. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Say, no one can snatch me out of the hand of Jesus. So we are justified freely by his grace. Say, I am justified freely by his grace. But listen very carefully. Our works will be rewarded. Our works will be rewarded. Now, I don't want to talk about today. Our works will be rewarded. So, the New Testament, the New Covenant speaks much about the reward, which can be lost. Your reward can be lost, but your salvation can never be lost. But your reward can be lost. Hello, are you still here? Now, listen very carefully. A gift is given in our response to faith. A reward is given in our response to faithfulness. I'll say it again. A gift is given, listen very carefully, a gift is given in response to our faith. A reward is given in response to our faithfulness. So God set the gift before the unsaved, but sets the reward before the saved. God does not give reward to the unsaved. He gives a gift to those who are unsaved and gives reward to those who are saved. Hello, are you still here? 
Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, verse 24. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. He says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Look at that. He says, Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. He says, Therefore, I run toss, not with uncertainty, toss I fight, not as one who beats the air. He says, But I discipline my body and bring in this objection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. This is not about salvation, it's about our reward in the kingdom of heaven. Continue. Is that all? 27. Okay, that's all. Praise God. So the gift of God is eternal life. But the reward is reigning together with Christ. When God brings in the new earth and the new heaven, there are those that are going to reign together with Christ. And those who will reign together with Christ are those who their works will be rewarded for. So guess what? I asked a question. I said, what about so if we're going to be reigning with Christ in his kingdom, right? So who are we going to be reigning over? That's common sense. Those who are saved who didn't do any work. Somebody say, I, I'm okay to be saved. I don't need to do any work. No problem. We'll reign over you. Because reigning with Christ has to do with our faithfulness to the work that God has given to us. Praise God. I said, praise God. But you see, your gift. So all of us that are saved will get into heaven. But there are some who will be the bosses. Do you understand? You may be a boss in the earth. But if you don't reign, if you don't do the works of God in the earth, when you get to heaven, the one that was doing the work who you call the cleaner will reign over you. <laughs> I'm telling you. In the coming kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So God is going to glorify his son. And he wants us to be glorified together with Christ. So God wants us to share in the glory of Jesus Christ when his kingdom comes. But that kingdom, when it's about to come, is going to be appointed based on our works in the earth. Based on our works in the earth. That's why the Bible says that your, your, your labor of love will be rewarded. Are you seeing that? The works that you do in the earth will be rewarded in the kingdom that is about to come. Hallelujah. You know, Peter had a foretaste of that at the transfiguration. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 1. Look at what Peter said. 1 Peter 5 1. He said, the elders who are among you, I exhort you. Of whom I am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. So the glory is not yet revealed. So when that glory is revealed, Peter said, I will be a partaker. Why? Because he labored. He walked the work of God. Hallelujah. Look at even, even John saw it twice. Look at 1 John 3, 2. In fact, the Bible lets us know that when John saw this, Bible said that John fell as dead. When John saw Jesus in his full glory, Bible said he passed out. He passed out. Look at it. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we will be like him for we shall see him as he is. Hallelujah. Even the prophets saw the glorified Jesus. Look at Daniel 12, 3. Daniel 12, 3. He says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Can you say amen? You know what the Bible is saying? It's saying that when you turn many to righteousness, it says you will shine like the stars forever and ever. That means those who win souls, those who lead others to Christ, the Bible says that they will shine in the kingdom of God to come. It says, 
Those who win souls are very wise. Those who don't labor in the work of God, he said they are very foolish. Why? Because they will not shine as stars forever and ever. Even though they are saved. Follow what I'm telling you. In fact, Jesus spoke about it. Look at Matthew 13 verse 40, 43. Jesus says, Then the rock will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Not in their salvation. Yet in the kingdom of their father. That means when Christ's kingdom comes in the earth, he says the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of God. He says, who has ear? Let him what? Tell your neighbor, do you have ears? What are you hearing? In fact, Paul even saw this glory of God. Look at Romans 8, 18. Look at what he said. He says, for I consider that the sufferings of these present times are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Listen, Paul went through many sufferings. In fact, if you're in Bible school, we saw that how Paul even died. He died several times. Raised back to life. Yet he continued the work of God. Why? Because he saw the glory that will be revealed in us. Hallelujah. 419. 2 Corinthians 419. Read one to go. Hey, come on. Read one to go. Uh-huh. Works, what does it do? It works for us a far more exceeding and what eternal weight of glory. Oh boy. Listen. Whatever affliction you are facing in your life, count it as light affliction. Hey, you didn't hear what I said. Because if you know what Paul went through, let me let me give you some example of what Paul went through. Paul was shipwrecked several times. That means he had car accidents. He had ship accidents several times. They attacked him. They jailed him. They beat him. He, so sometimes he went hungry without food. You know what he called all these troubles? He called them light affliction. Then he said it's but for a moment. Somebody say, um, the reason why I didn't come to church is because I was broke for two days. Paul didn't eat food for several weeks. He called it light affliction. So brother, what you are facing in your life is a light affliction. Because if you don't call it light affliction, the devil will use it to yoke you in your life. I am telling you. And listen, there is no problem you are facing in your life that is a special problem. Bible says that all problems are common to man. Somebody say, my own pastor, my problem is very special. Nobody has ever gone through this problem in this life. How many human beings do you know? How many? I, I'm very certain. You don't know up to 1,000 human beings by name. But we have more than 7 billion, if not even more than 7 billion human beings. So how do you know you are the only one who is too special? The only thing that is special is you. Your fingerprint is special. Nobody is like you. Nobody has ever been like you. And nobody will ever be like you. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? But the problems of man are the same. They are the same. They are the same problems. If you think I'm joking, ask people that are married. Same problems. Just in different expressions. Or you think that is by dating 10 gay friends. Go and try it. Same problems. Same problems. Hallelujah. So he said, say, say my problem is a common problem. <laughs> say the problems are facing in my life, they are common. Once they are common, then you know that there's an answer. You know, because, for instance, if there's a disease that is common, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? There's treatment. Do you understand? Unlike, you know, there was a time if you had malaria, you are gone. I mean, that's a deadly virus. Deadly sickness. Somebody had typhoid, is a dead man. But today, people will carry malaria in their body for one week especially in Nigeria, and they are still fine. Then they will go and take um, all the injections in their body three days after they are fine. Why? Because now it is curable. Glory to God. 
So it says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Oh, glory to God. Look at Colossians 3, 14. I'm sorry, Colossians 3, 4. It says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then we also shall appear with him in glory. So there's a glory that is to come. But that glory, if we are going to share in that glory, we must do the work of God. Hallelujah. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. Look at that. It says, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through what? Through what? By what? By what? By the Spirit and what? And belief in the truth. Hallelujah. So this is our hope. He says, to which he called you by our gospel. For the obtaining. So there's something to be obtained that you don't have yet. It is called the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And listen, Jesus spoke about his kingdom. And that kingdom is the, is the, is the major message that he preached in a sermon on the mount. He was not talking about salvation, but about his kingdom that is to come. Hallelujah. And listen, before you can enter into the kingdom of heaven, the first requirement is that you must be saved. Look at Matthew 5, 3. Look at what he said. Read one to go. He says, blessed are what? Are the poor in spirit. Who is the, poor, who, who is the man that is poor in spirit? The man that does not look to himself to be saved. He said, by my own works, I cannot be saved. By my righteousness, I cannot be saved. So I come poor in spirit. I stand before God, accept what Christ has done. He says, for theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven is only for those who are saved. So once you are saved, then you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's the same thing in John 3, 6. When Nicodemus came to ask Jesus a powerful question. He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. But listen, there will be degrees of rewards in the kingdom of God. There are degrees. Look at Matthew 5, 11. Look at one of them. Read one to go. Hey, come on. Let's read it with like new batteries. One to go read. Uh-huh. And persecute you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. For my sake. What happened to you? Verse 12. Uh-huh. Read. One to go. Uh-huh. Why? Great is your reward in heaven. Look at that. Continue. So, if you are being persecuted, if you are being attacked, the Bible says what? Rejoice and what? Be glad. Why? He says because great is your reward in heaven. Tell somebody there's a reward for you in heaven. Oh, look at Luke 16 verse 11. Luke 16 11. He says, therefore, if you have been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, talking about money, he says, who will commit to you trust, uh, sorry, who will commit to your trust the true riches? He says, if you have been unfaithful, that means if you have not been faithful with money that God gave to you, he says, who will commit to you what? True riches. That means money is not true riches. There are seven things that are true riches, that are richer than money. Look at that. He said, and if you have not been faithful in what is another man's own, he said, who will give you what is your own? Look at Revelation 3.21. He says, to him who overcomes, look at that. He said, I will sit with him. I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. Also, I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? You know, Jesus told us that we should let all be taken away from you. That means the only thing that you get to keep is the only thing that you give. Hear me very carefully. 
every money that you keep in your account, you lose all. You know why I say so? The day you die, guess what? One naira will not go together with you. I, I, am, am I correct? If they like, let them bury you inside Bentley. You will still not go with it. It will still remain here. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. I'm telling you. But guess what? If you have given away Bentleys, if you have given away private jet, all those things you gave away will follow you into heaven. I'm telling you the truth. That's what Jesus said. He says, thieves will not break in because there will be no thieves in heaven. No one will steal in heaven. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So you see, the kingdom of heaven is not about salvation. You already have salvation. Say, I have salvation. But we need to have a kingdom mentality. You must have a kingdom mentality. You must think kingdom. When you are doing your business, have a kingdom mentality. Don't have an earthly mentality. Have a kingdom mentality. Why? I told you before, why should we be prosperous? It's so that we can sponsor the kingdom of God in the earth. That's our job to do. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? That's our job to do. We partner with the, with the work of God so that the work of God can spread because every man needs to come to Christ. And guess what? Guess what? Listen very carefully. Every time your money is put into the gospel and that money is used to get people into the kingdom of God, you are also a partaker of that glory. So that means all of us may never get the opportunity to stand there and preach like I'm preaching. But guess what? If you have partnered together with me, for instance, are you seeing that? Whatever result I get, you also share in the same results. Isn't that powerful? That's, that's, that is the power, that's the most powerful thing of the works of God in the earth. And we must do that work. We must do that work. You know, you, you can be praying one hour. Nobody knows about it. But guess what? You'll be rewarded for it. You'll be rewarded for it. That's what the Bible says. Look at, and the disciples understood that the reward involved reigning with Christ. Look at Matthew 10. Matthew 10 verse 35. Look at it. It says, then James and, and John, the son of Zebedee, came to him saying, teacher, we want you to, sorry, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Look at what they asked for. Hear this very carefully. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? Huh, hear their request. Imagine, imagine if you met Jesus what will you ask him to do for you? Hear what they asked Jesus to do for him. He says, they said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and one on your left in your glory. So they understood there is a glory to come. Look at, but Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. <laughs> he said, you ask a big thing. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I was baptized with? That means he's saying, are you able to go through the sufferings I went through? Are you able to, to, to suffer yourself? To go through the pains of life just for the kingdom of God? Where you deny yourself certain things so that you can be a part of God's kingdom. That's what he's saying. Look at that next. 39. He said, and he said to them, look at what he said. Read one to go. We are what? We are capable. For Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink and be baptized. I am baptized with, you will be baptized. Next verse. Verse 40. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give. But it is for who? For those for whom what? It is prepared. Look at that. That's reward right there. For the one. And when the ten heard it, they began, <laughs> they began to be what? Greatly displeased with James and John. Uh-huh. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You must, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles, lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. 
Yet it shall be so among you. But whosoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever his desire to be first shall be slave of all. Uh huh. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. For to what? For to give his life as a ransom for men. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, verse 33. The saints at Corinth were aware that they were destined to reign with Christ. Look at what Paul said. He says, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? So Paul was angry that Christians were carrying their believers to court. Paul said, these matters, can't you handle it yourself in the church? Next verse. He says, do you not know that you shall judge angels? That means in the coming kingdom of Christ, there are going to be angels that we rule over. We judge their matters. We judge their cases. Look at that. He says, how much more things are pertaining to this life? He's telling you that what we are doing here now is training for reign. Are you seeing that? We are training here for, to reign together with Christ. What we are doing here is called rehearsal. Are you following what I'm telling you? So when God commits something to your hands, how faithful are you with it? How faithful are you with it? You know, you are working in a company, right? And you may be, maybe you're working one of the toughest bosses there is ever. Remember, Jesus said, whatever you do, he says, do it as unto the Lord. Do it as though it is Christ that employed you. But most of the time, we don't see things that way. Remember, the work you are doing today, God's going to reward you tomorrow. He's going to reward you. So do your work with diligence. Do it with faithfulness. You are employed to keep money. Let one night and never miss from that place. And God's going to reward you when you get to heaven. I'm telling you. He's going to reward you. Because there are rewards in the judgment seat of Christ. We'll look at that next week Sunday. There are rewards. But this has nothing to do about salvation. Your salvation is a free gift of God. You will enter. I mean, if you are born again, you are already in heaven. But there are rewards. Tell somebody there are rewards. They are rewards for your labor of love. Glory to God. I said glory to God. In fact, Paul told them that the crown was not setting until he completed his race. Look at 1 Corinthians 9. Look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receive the prize. Run in such a way that he may obtain it. Tell your neighbor, run your race. Tell your neighbor, run your race. And win the prize. Win the prize. Next verse, 26. I think I already read this before, right? I read this, right? Drop down to verse. Drop down. Next verse. Next verse. 27. Read one to go. Uh-huh. What happened? Less when I preach to others, I myself what? Become disqualified. So Paul was saying, I don't want to get disqualified from the reward that is to come. Next verse. Okay, that's all. So as sons of God, we are also heirs of God and we are joint heirs with Christ. Say I'm, an of, say I'm an heir of God. Say I'm a joint heir with Christ. Look at Romans 8, 17. It says, and if children and heirs, of, and heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, look at this, look at this. If we indeed suffer with him, we may also what? Be what? glorified together with Christ. So salvation is dependent on faith, but inheritance is dependent on your faithfulness. Look at Colossians 3, verse 16 to 25. He says, let the word of God, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with the grace in your heart to the Lord. 
and read one to go. Uh-huh. Come on, read it again. One to go. Do it what? It says whatever. Whatever. Whatever you do. In word or in deed. Do it what? In the name of our Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Next verse. 18. Wives. Look at that. It says wives submit your own husband. As it was fitting in the Lord. So when you are submitting as a wife. Remember. Don't do it as unto the man. Do it as unto the Lord. Why? Because God's going to reward you for your submission. Next verse. 19. He says, husband, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. So when, you, so when you are loving your wife, listen, don't love them because they are, they, they are very nice. Even when they are annoying, the Bible says, still love them. I am telling you. And the Bible says, don't be bitter towards them. Why? He says, you are doing it unto the Lord. Are you seeing why Christian marriage is different from others? He says that we're not doing it based because they are nice. You know what? You know what agape love is? Agape love is the kind of love that God has for you. And if you are married, the number one kind of love you need to have is called agape love. Agape love is unconditional love. That means I will not love you when you sin. No. I will love you no matter what. That's what agape love is. It's called unconditional love. Don't marry. Stay single. Tell your neighbor, marriage is not by force. And marriage is not a requirement to enter heaven. It's not. So you must not marry. See, because listen, if you don't, if you're not ready to give agape love, sit down. Go and understand the love of God first. Get revelation. Find out how God loves you. Even with your mistake, God still loves you. Even when you shit for church, God still loves you. Do you understand? Even when you go and gossip somebody, God still loves you. Are you seeing that? Even when you cheated somebody, God still loves you. In the same love that you must give in marriage. Hello? I said hello. Then the second love is called filio. Filio is brotherly love. The type of love you have with your siblings. The, the love that ties siblings together. Friends together. That means it's a love that comes with friendship. You see that? So the Bible says be friends with your wives. Be friends with your spouse. Are you seeing that? That's another kind of love. But the number one one, the number one, the number one one is agape. When the person anoints you. When the person did something terrible to you. You should say, I still love you. Even with everything, I still love you. That's how God looks at you and says, I still love you. Yes, sir. No, the Bible says, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so does he love you. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. <laughs> so salvation is dependent on faith, but your inheritance in the glory of Christ is dependent on your faithfulness. And every New Testament truth is illustrated in the Old Testament. Let's look at Hebrews 12, 23. Hebrews 12, 23. Woohoo! Okay, actually, hold on. Let's, let's continue this verse. Give me next verse in uh, Colossians 3, 19. Give me verse 20. Read one to go. Children, what? Obey your parents in how many things? In all things. Why? For it is well pleasing to the Lord. Glory to God. Some of you that are children, you always disobey your parents. Now listen, right? The word obey there is talking about honor. Listen. You may not agree with your parents on everything. Are you following? Definitely, you may not agree. But honor them. No, you know, do you know what honor is? Honor means that you take care of them. You check on them. You do good to them. But tell them, I don't agree with this thing you said though. I don't agree, but no problem. But you still don't say, because I don't agree with you. No more food for you. And your father is not working, nothing at all. And you are...
capable to take care of them. Are you seeing that? So the Bible says, honor them. That word honor is. Honor is a gift. Are you following? Hello, are you still here? <laughs> I don't want to enter into some matters now. Some of you, you have, you have blocked your mother's number on your phone. Repent. Repent. Let's move on. 21. 21. It says, aha, read, want to go. This, this is what you like now. Read, want to go. Uh-huh. Let them become. So if a father here, the Bible says, don't provoke your children. Don't provoke them. He says, let them become discouraged. And listen, some of you are saying that's right. You very soon you become a father too. Don't repeat what your father did. Be a difference. Can you say amen? You know, I, I told you, I said, some of you, your father never told you in his entire life, I love you. Don't be like your father. Your heavenly father always tells you, I love you. So don't, don't relate to God based on your heavenly father. God is not like this. Hey, I'm the, I'm the lion king. You know, the king has arrived. Everybody shut down. That's not God. God is welcoming. God is loving. God, God, is, God is very beautiful. So be like that. Let your children be happy when you come back at home. Not when you come back, everybody checking. The lion has arrived. No. They should be saying, ah, daddy is back. Everybody is jumping and shouting. You know, excited that, man, goodies are going to happen today. Glory to God. Next verse, 22. Let's continue. It says, bond servants, talking about employees. 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 Obey in what? Your employer. According to the flesh. Not with what? Some of you are doing eye service. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Then you'll say, God, this my guy. Very wicked man. Wicked man. Eye service. Eye service. Are you seeing that? Whatever I cannot say to his front, don't say in private. Because God is watching you. God is there when you are lambasting and insulting your boss. Are you what I'm telling you? And you will not get reward. No reward. He says, not with eye service. As what? Men pleasers. Don't tell your neighbor, don't be a man pleaser. Tell your neighbor, don't be a man pleaser. He says, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. So whatever you are doing, have the fear of God in you. Have the fear of God in you. Don't cheat somebody. Don't fraud somebody. Don't do that. Are you seeing that? And also too, if you're an employer, don't owe yourself salary. For no reason. Of course, there are times where a company is going down, but the money is there. Everything is available. You say, I'm not payable for the next six months. I want you to keep working. <laughs> That's another matter. Next verse. 23. Read, want to go. Do it what? Heartily. As what? As unto the Lord. And what? And not to men. You are serving the house of God. Do it as unto the Lord. Not to men. You are serving in a company. Do it as unto the Lord. You are doing your business. Do it as unto the Lord. Not to men. Next verse. 24. Knowing that from the Lord. You what? Why? You will what? Receive. What? The reward of the inheritance. So there's a reward. When you serve with your heart. He says, for you serve the Lord Christ. Say, I serve the Lord Christ. So I may be working in company A and B as an employer there. But actually, my real employer is Jesus Christ. Are you seeing that? And I'm also an employee of Jesus Christ too. So I'm serving him as well. Every one of us, even the boss, is serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he has to be responsible to take care of the employees. So he's there as Christ rep 
to take care of them. As the employee, I'm serving my master, but guess what? I'm serving the Lord Jesus through him. So he may be a hard master, but no, no, no problem. God is the, Jesus Christ is the main master. Because of him, I'll serve you. Are you seeing that? That should be the mentality. It's called the kingdom mentality. Glory to God. I said glory to God. You know, you know it, it should be said of Christians that I may never want to be like them, but I, I want my daughter to marry one of them. It should be said of us. He said, because of their diligence to work. Huh? Not the one that they say, Kai, if you employ Christians, Kai, they will cheat you. They will not come to work. Okay, they tell you, your, your time for work is um, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. You strain by 1 p.m. They ask you what happened. You say nothing. You are serving yourself, not Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. He says, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. And there is no what? Tell me there is no partiality with God. No partiality with God. So, listen very carefully. Huh? In the scripture, there is a distinction between... Listen very carefully. Don't miss me now. In the scripture, there is a distinction between the son and the firstborn son. Hear me again. In the scripture, there is a difference between a son and the firstborn son. The firstborn son has the right of control over the family under the father. Let me explain. In the old covenant, right, if a man has three sons, when he's about to divide his inheritance, he does not divide it into three. He divides it into four. Everybody say four. Now why? The third son gets one portion. The second son gets one portion. And the first son gets what? Two portions. That was what Elisha was asking for when he said a double portion of your spirit rests upon me. It is based on the law of double portion. Not because, not, a, not double anointing. Double portion. Double portion means I want to be the first prophet. Are you following? So the firstborn son is a position. So once I'm the firstborn, once the father leaves, I take charge of the family. Look at Exodus 4, 22 and 23. Exodus 4, look at it. It says, Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus say the Lord God, Israel is what? My son. Then what? My firstborn son. So God says that Israel are my son, but not only that, they are my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, then I will indeed kill your son, your firstborn. Look at that. Because why? Firstborns in the family in those days represent the next authority in the family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So firstborn status entitles, entitles the person to a position of rulership. But it can be fortified. Examples. Let me give you one. First Chronicles 5.1. Remember, okay, before I go there, how many sons did Jacob have? Okay, talk to me. 12 son. What's the name of the first son? Talk to me now. What's the name of the first son? Okay, good. That means people are being taught well in this church. Reuben. Now look at first Chronicles 5:1. Look at what the Bible says. It says, Now the now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, he was indeed the firstborn. But because he defied his father's bed, what happened to his birthright? It was given where to the sons of Joseph. The sons of Israel, so that the genealogy is not listed according to the birthright. So, Reuben lost the firstborn authority. Why? Because he slept with the 
he slept with his father's wife. That's why. Let's look at another example about Esau. Hebrews 12, 4 to 17. How many, how many children did um, Isaac have? How many children? Huh? What, what are their names? Talk to me and I can't hear you. Who, who is the firstborn among two of them? Esau. Now look at what Esau did. Now look at it in context now. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without no one can see the Lord. Next. Look at this now. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, least any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this many become what? Defied. He says, lest there be any fornicator or profane person. Who is a profane person? A profane person is, is somebody that takes spiritual things, cut things, and count them as common. He says like Esau. So Esau took his birthright as common. Bible says, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for a morsel of food, what did he do? So did birthright. So he traded his birthright privileges by birth for just one meal. Next verse. He says, for you know that after, when you wanted to inherit the blessing, what happened? He was rejected. For they found no place for repentance. Though he sought it diligently with tears, he did not still get it. Hallelujah. Look at Galatians. So, what's the lesson here? Let's look at um, Hebrews 12, 28. Look at it. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, we let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reference and godly fear. Now listen very carefully. In the context of this chapter, it's about receiving and losing the kingdom of God, but not salvation. So what's the lesson here? Once a son, I told you, once a son, uh -huh. once a son, always what? But listen, once a firstborn son, not necessarily always a firstborn son. Are you catching it now? So, once you are saved, you are saved forever. But guess what? Your works will determine whether you inherit the, the promise in the kingdom of heaven. So, once a firstborn, not always a firstborn. Why? Eternal life is forever, but inheritance can be lost. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Look at Galatians 5.19. We're about to close now. Galatians 5.19. Now, read one to go. Uh-huh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, uh-huh. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, uh-huh. Envy, murder, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like. So look at it. it says, for which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past. Read now, want to go. That those who what who practice sorcery, what happened to them? They will not inherit what? The kingdom of God. I told you. It's about the kingdom to be inherited. It's about the kingdom to be inherited. So that means if you are born again and you are still living, you are still practicing the works of the flesh. Listen. Let, who is a drunkard? A drunkard is not somebody that, drunk, that, got, that got drunk once, maybe five years ago. It's somebody that continues the life of drunkenness. The Bible says you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Fornicator, adulterer. You know, and all of those, he said, You will not. If you keep on cheating people, cheating people all the time, and you free to change, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hello, I, are you still here? <laughs> First Corinthians 6 8 to 11. Look at what the Bible says here. He says, No, you yourself do wrong and cheat, and do and you do these things to your brethren. 
So he's talking to Christians now. There are Christians who cheat themselves. Listen very carefully. Be careful who you relate with in church. Hello? Because not everybody is nice. Do you know that I recently learned that the wickedness of man is very serious. I recently learned that this, they can do something now. Somebody wants to tell somebody the truth, but they can't tell him to his face. So he will now post it on his status and so that only that person will see it. They will now hide all their contacts, exclude everybody, so that only that person will see it. Hi! Wickedness. So if, if you didn't like something that somebody did, go and tell him to his face. Tell him to his face. Can you say amen? Tell your neighbor, be nice. Be open. Be, be godly. If you find your neighbor, maybe, you know, <laughs> should I say this one now? You know, so, hey, Rakari Tell somebody, learn to bath. Because some of you in church, when we just lift up only as that sister, oh, the thing that come out, the, the spirit has left you. But listen, don't just start saying, ah, do you see, that, that sister, the smell, that sister, the smell. Go and meet her and say, sister, Something's wrong, oh. the thing that's oozing out. I don't understand. It's not you. <laughs> Do you understand? Tell them the truth in love. Eh? If it means for you to go and buy soap, buy something, say, I just bought this one for you, brother. Just take it. Eh? Man, use this one first. Have sense. <laughs> have sense, buddy. Have sense. Don't come and kill us with odor in the church. Especially this time of. <laughs> Especially this time of heat. Eh? Don't come and kill with odor. So, if you find somebody who is doing something wrong, stand to them and tell them the truth in love. Don't go and do social media. You will do the post on WhatsApp status so that only them will see it. Ah, ah. <laughs> the, the things that our generation do is amazing. Amazing. Now, look at it. It says... Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do you not know? Do not be deceived. Neither what? Fornicators. Uh-huh. Idolatry. Adulterers. No homosexuals. No sodomies. He's talking to Christians. He says, no thieves, no covetous, no drunkards, no rivers, no external. We inherit the kingdom of God. Is that all? Okay, that's all. He says, but such were some of you. Some of you were like this. He says, but now you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Look at Ephesians 5.5. 5. Ephesians 5.5. 5. Read, want to go. Hey, let's read, let's read, power, want to go read. Uh-huh. 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 Any inheritance, what? In the kingdom of Christ and God. So he's talking about our inheritance in Christ. The works that we do in the earth. We must do the work of God. How do the work? We walk in righteousness. We don't practice these things. So that we will inherit the kingdom of God. There's something to be inherited. It's called rewards. God's going to reward you for your labor of love. God's going to reward you for the life that you live in the earth. Because this life you're living is a training for reigning with Christ. But if you, are, if you use your life anyhow, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So if you don't understand these verses, you will think he's talking about salvation, but he's not. He's talking about our inheritance in Christ Jesus. So the crown is our right to reign, but it has nothing to do with eternal life. 
Listen, God wants to reward everybody. And it's all by grace. Now, hear me very carefully. Somebody say, but pastor, now this is a work we have to do. No, it's not a work. The Christian life is a life that is lived by grace. Do you know that? It's a life that is lived by grace. So, and listen, once you come into Christ, there is an inheritance that is before you. By grace. What did you do? Nothing. So the Bible says, when you walk accordingly to the word of God, when you practice the word of God, and you keep in line with God's word, it says, they are, it says you will inherit the kingdom of Christ. And of God. That is the grace of God that we have today. Can you shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Jump on your feet this morning, everybody.